Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Now may be the perfect time for Chase Edmonds to return. That is, if he's healthy enough to return. No need to rush back. And if he is healthy enough, then the offense could definitely use him. First, though, what's the latest on DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner regarding their status this week? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 510, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So it's already Wednesday, MJ. I know that sounds weird to say, but having a game on Monday nights really threw my schedule off to where this morning I woke up thinking, all right, okay, it's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. We got a game in a couple of days. Just had a game. And then it's going to be another short week. I know. (laughs) We'll focus on this week. The short week doesn't bother me too much. It was the quick turnaround with a night game. The night games really, really throw me off. Well, if you want to look ahead, then Christmas night. I know. But that's a Saturday going into a a Sunday morning, so it's a little different. Because, you know, usually when a 6-15 game, now we've had 7 o'clock preseason games, so we didn't get out of the stadium until midnight, which – we're fortunate enough to do the post-game show, and we love doing it. But, man, I, usually when I get home, I can't sleep. I got so many things in my mind. What did I miss? Do I need to go back and watch the, the replay in the morning? And then, you know, yesterday we do the Red Sea Report. I I went to bed early last <laughs> night. I got to catch up on the sleep that you missed because of Monday Night Football. Again, I got nothing I, bad I, to say about Monday Night Football. I enjoy it. I enjoy the primetime spotlight. It's just the after effects and how you deal yep. with coming back in and getting now again. As a famous Arizona Cardinals player once said, I guess he's retired, I don't know. Champagne problems. Yeah. Well, you and I didn't take a single hit on the field or in <laughs> the press true. box. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Don't have to worry about that recovery. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about just getting sleep and these guys will tell you about sports science and Pilates and yoga. You got to take care of the body, and you got to take care, as Marshawn Lynch said, you got to take care of the mentals. And that's why on Wednesday, no practice, a walkthrough to kind of help these players help with the physical recovery, maybe a little bit of the mental recovery as well. So nothing on the field at which the media and us were allowed to watch, but some updates on some. I think, potentially significant news when it comes to the offense. Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, we know he was not on the field for that final offensive series, 35, 34 seconds left to go in the game. It was Antoine Wesley who was lined up on the left side of the line of scrimmage as the wide receiver. Hopkins is dealing with a lower leg injury. The NFL Network reported it's Hopkins' knee. He had an MRI on Tuesday and according to Kingsbury, is seeking a second opinion. That's hardly a good thing when you hear an athlete looking for a second opinion. Now, it's their right. I got no faults in Hopkins looking for him. I'm just looking at it from a perspective of, okay, maybe he didn't get the news that he quite wanted and now is hoping that maybe someone sees something different or maybe the timetable is shorter. But, look, it's all speculation at this point, but it does not sound right now 
that he will be available this week. That's just me looking ahead on a Wednesday. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to a second opinion, it's more for clarification. And, and nothing against, you know, obviously the MRI is not going to change, but maybe somebody True. sees something more or less and they can give you an update. So I, I would not begrudge any athlete that wants to get a second opinion. You get some, you know, but again, the MRI is going to show the same thing, but somebody may see something a little bit different. Um, but I would agree with you. It doesn't look like he's going to be able to play this upcoming week. Hopkins has already missed three games due to a hamstring injury. He does lead the team in touchdown catches, tied for third in receptions, third in yards. You look at what would happen if Hopkins is not on the field. Well, all you have to do is look at those three games after the Packers contest. San Francisco, Carolina, and Seattle. No D-hop for those three games, and the Cardinals went 2-1. and one. So they do have some depth at that wide receiver position, but as we talked about during those three-game stretch, you lose the presence of number 10. Even if it is for one game, even if it's just this week against Detroit and it's the Lions, still, you'd much rather have DeAndre Hopkins on the field, even at less than 100%. Well, I mean... It's safe to say he's one of the top two or three receivers in football. No doubt. I know Devontae Adams is having a good year, and you look at some other guys, I don't I don't want to discredit them, but, you know, he's a guy that, you know, over 1,400 yards last year, over 100 and maybe 115 or 140 targets, um, over 100 receptions. So, and we didn't notice him when he was out, uh, at least initially that first game, we didn't see a lot of separation. I mean, when you break the huddle and all week the coordinator has to figure out, okay, do we double him? Do we pick our poison? Do we roll safety over so we don't let anything go deep? And now and now it's going to be up up to guys like A.J. Green, who's coming off uh, probably his best game of the season. And then you look at Christian Kirk. He's had an outstanding year, and the key is he's staying healthy. And then you throw in Rondell Moore, and, you know, I think he at times he looks like a rookie, um, but he's definitely, you know, part of this offense. And then Antoine Wesley, he's got the size. And i got to assume Andy Isabella is going to be up this week if Hop can't go. So you you could go four wide, and we talk about Chase and Connor, you know, possibly being the running back. Or you can, you know, in other words, they can go in motion. you got a five wide. You want to spread them out, and we'll get into the Lions, you know, as we get – closer to the the game because their secondary is banged up so just not hop not being out there there's going to be a downward spiral effect let's hope that's not the case but you have to plan accordingly you brought up james connor he's day-to-day dealing with an ankle injury something that he suffered at the end of that game on monday night football the good news there though is the fact that one james connor addressed the media post game That's always a sign to me that if a player does get hurt, banged up during the course of the game, if they speak to the media, that means maybe it's not as serious or they're okay. Connor did say he would be fine, so that's good to hear right from his own mouth. Yet at the same time, we'll have to wait and see how that progresses because typically it's not right after the game, it's the next day and the days following, especially when you're talking about an ankle injury. So potentially without your number one wide receiver, and without your number one running back. But Kingsbury, quote, hopeful that Chase Edmonds can return this week in addition to Justin Pugh, so he would shore up that offensive line. And Kingsbury did note after being asked that if he is coming back, he's coming back to be the starter at left guard. So he was not benched, talking about Justin Pugh last week. He was active, 
but just not quite right. I think it was more of an emergency situation to play a limited number of snaps, but Sean Harlow got the start because Hugh Pugh was less than – he was he could have played, but they didn't want to risk it unless absolutely needed. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I like the Sean Harlow story, um, but again, there's a reason why you know he's he was a guy that bounced around and if the Cardinals didn't give him an opportunity, like he would have moved on with his life. He came in and gave this team a lift, but you you want to have the experienced guys in there, and you know I went back and watched that 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 play. Harlow didn't need to hold. Collar was already ahead of him. You're talking about the final play. Yeah, he didn't need to hold. And sometimes you know they can call holding on every play they say, but sometimes let's say you're running to the right side, and the holds on the left side it doesn't affect the play. But the player, yeah, the offensive lineman sometimes doesn't know now you'll know that, hey, the play is supposed to go this direction, but sometimes well, things Kyler, change. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you he, don't know. You think he's going left, right, and go over the middle. But when I looked at that play, he did not need to hold on that play. But getting back to Pew, yeah, I mean, so you look at it from a standpoint of who are the best five guys right now. Um, and Max Garcia, obviously, it was a tough matchup for anybody. I mean, Aaron Donald's been doing this for years. So Hump, you throw in Pew, Hudson, Garcia, and Kelvin Beecham. I mean, that's the best five guys right now. And the fact that they, you know, hopefully can get these guys back for the run, the, the final four games, and, and then the postseason. And then you still have some options when it comes to Josh Jones and, and possibly Sean Harlow. But again, you want to go with the guys that are the top five guys. And we always say Coog's going to play the top five guys. Um, you know, it was probably difficult that he was active, but knowing he needed another week, I think it was more of an insurance policy. Yeah, that's a good word to describe why Pugh was active but not on the football field. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, Pro Bowl voting continues, and you're running out of time if you want to see your favorite Cardinals players on the field in Las Vegas on Sunday, February 6th. Voting runs through December 16th, and voting right now, Wednesday and Thursday, especially on social media, counts double. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. Week 15, Cardinals and Lions, more on the matchup a bit later, but we bring up Chase Edmonds, and that's kind of the focus and the theme for this episode of Cardinals Cover 2 because if healthy, and I'm not, I don't want to rush him back because if he's not ready, then he shouldn't be on the football field. I think there was an expectation that Edmonds would have played Monday night against the Rams, but he wasn't quite ready. He did practice, but just not quite ready. Better to be cautious and make sure you're 100% or as close to for the final stretch run. I'm up to, uh, I'm optimistic that he will play. That's that's what I'm hearing. Now, during the open portion of practice, he had the same energy he normally has, but it was more north and south. The, the situation was planting your foot in, in the ground and making a cut. And I was told that he wasn't comfortable with that. So not get another week of practice. But, you know, James Connors carried the load for, you know, since Edmonds has been out. He got hurt, what, in the first play of the Packers game? You're talking about Chase? Yeah. Joe, first play of the game at San Francisco. Okay, San Francisco. Okay, so he's been out a while. So Connor's been carrying the load. And, and if you go back to the Rams' week four game, Cardinals ran the ball 40 times over 200 yards. He had 12 carries for 120 yards. It was a 54-yard run that he had. So he gives you that one-two punch, 1A, one 1B. One 
and that will take some of the load. And they're both very effective in the, in the passing game. So, you know, if teams want to pressure Murray with bringing the blitz, at least you can dump it off, and they got enough guys. So I think it, this is the perfect time. But he, he, he wanted to play, but at the end of the week he felt, I still need a little bit more time because I'm not comfortable cutting because I'm still thinking about it. You can't think about it when you get to this level. And he obviously has been rehabbing from what I've been told. So I am – optimistic that he's going to be in uniform and get that one-two punch. And then <laughs> Kingsbury has no problem with Murray running. Yeah, there are two, <laughs> there are two <laughs> items to address here with the return of Chase Edmonds. And you look at the ground game overall, the first eight games with everyone healthy and okay, 4.2 yards per carry. The last five games without Chase Edmonds, 3.8 yards per carry. So it's not a huge difference, but – as the difference is one, there's the James Conner factor, and then there's the Kyler Murray factor. Let's let's focus on James Conner because okay. without Edmonds on the field, we haven't seen a whole lot of an Eno Benjamin, Jonathan Ward, Tavian Feaster. It's basically been James Conner RB one. There has not been that one two punch. There hasn't been that second running back to kind of spell James Conner. He's carried the load. Not that he can't handle it, but the question that kind of got brought up after Monday night was, is he getting tired? And Kyle Vandenbosch brought this up during the Red Sea Report. I think we were in between segments, but against the Rams, Connor's longest run of the game was 13 yards. Then he also had an eight-yard touchdown. So that's 21 yards on two carries. The 11 other carries that he had in that game totaled 10 yards. Now, how much of that is James Connor? How much of that is the Rams' defense? But the usage rates for James Conner, 109 total touches between weeks 9 and 14. 85 carries, 24 catches on 26 targets. He's had five-game stretches like that before in the past, but that's not what the Cardinals brought him in, brought him in to do. They brought him in to kind of be that dynamic one-two punch in the backfield to where you had two running backs to complement one another. That's what's been missing, and... Not that Connor will ever admit to being tired or banged up, but I just the physical toll that he has taken since Edmonds has been out might start to be wearing on him a little bit. I don't know about that because he, he keeps himself in great shape. He did say after the bye week he felt refreshed. Uh, I, I, maybe he went back home for, for Thanksgiving. Uh, but I just think when – and Kingsbury pointed out, when this team was rolling – you had the one-two punch between James Conner and Chase Edmonds. And, again, Edmonds 20-20, to the 20, and when it comes to short yardage and goal line in red zone, you know, Chase obviously he finally got a touchdown. But, obviously, when you, when you got a guy like Conner, I think he's built for this. Um, the fact that he wasn't carrying – the one game he had 27 touches when he had three touchdowns, touches between receiving and rushing. He keeps himself in great shape. I mean, obviously – I'm sure that body hurts the day after a game because he the other day he was carrying like three or four guys and trying to get yards. But getting back to it was the lack of um, the lack of the offensive line protecting and getting holes. So I would say it's more about the Rams defense than Connor getting tired or you know being overused. Uh, I think he's built for it. He's, you know again Chase. He's got to stay healthy in his career. And when you start looking at, you know, those injuries, they can linger. But Connor, 6'2", 233 pounds, 
So I, I don't I mean it's easy for me to say uh, yes. There's nobody 100 percent right now, but I think just getting Chase back in that one-two punch, uh, and they complement each other so much. Uh, I think this is where we're going to see the team get back to where they were when they were winning and not losing three games at home. As far as carrying the ball, maybe too much. James Conner during those five games or these past five games, three times he's carried the ball at least 20 times. And I don't think that's who James Conner is. Can he do it for a stretch? Yeah, five-game stretch, which we just saw. Can he do it for an entire season? I don't think you want any running back in this day and age to carry the ball 20-plus times. That is gone. That running back no longer exists in the National Football League. And Kingsbury admitted earlier this week that they have probably played Connor too many snaps. Quote, but he's held up and done a tremendous job with those opportunities, end quote, which is exactly true. But you want James Connor fresh, and if this usage rate continues, I'm just worried based off the fact that he's never done it in his career. He's never played a full season. Now, this year it's 17 games. There's always been something that's nagged him, especially towards the end of the season. So as well as he feels right now, publicly or privately, that's great. I'm all for it. But you're not needed. He should not be needed for this offense to play well and perform well to carry the ball 20 times. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we'll see that. I think you'll see three to 13 to 15 to 17. But again, there have been games where when the Cardinals have had the lead, they pound it with James Conner. You'd like to have a guy like Jonathan Ward, who obviously hasn't taken as many hits. Now, Jonathan Ward was on the field as a blocker. He only played three snaps with James Conner. So I got to think, based on Jonathan Ward playing on special teams, you'll have Conner, Edmonds, Ward, and, and Eno could be inactive this week. Um, it's, I mean, we just have to wait and see. But Jonathan Ward... He doesn't. We don't see him a lot in the rushing game or catching passes. We know he's more of a special teams core guy, but I've watched him in camp. He again, he'd be third string. So the pecking order, it's not like he's going to get touches. But there, are, there are options there when it comes to our top three running backs. A little surprised that we have not seen more of Eno Benjamin or Jonathan Ward. Now, Ward was on the reserve COVID-19 list. Then he suffered that concussion against the Packers, so he might not have been fully available. But the fact that Eno Benjamin hardly got any reps at all, he's had really one big game, and that's been it. And if you want to keep James Conner fresh, and I understand – when someone is going well or you have a trust in that particular player, you keep throwing them out there. You keep throwing them out there because of how well they perform. Yet there is, you know, as we get into here we are in the middle of December, it's a long season. It's even longer now with 17 games, and you hope it's even longer for the Cardinals because you're going into the playoffs. Sometimes, you know, what happens in September and October affects what happens in November and December. And the reason why – Jonathan Ward is ahead of Eno Benjamin, special teams. And, you know, depending on Rondell Moore, right now they had Christian Kirk return to punt, but Rondell Moore has been the uh, the kickoff returner, and a lot of times teams are just kicking it out of the end zone, so they're taking it at the 25. But that's the reason why Jonathan Ward is active on game day, and now he's your third-string running back, where Eno – they tried him as a they tried him as a kickoff returner. They tried him as a gunner, but he doesn't have the same upside as Jonathan Ward when it comes to teams. And don't misconstrue what I'm trying to say here, Bird Gang. I'm a big fan of James Conner. I like to see him on the football field. But if Chase Edmonds is healthy, and if he's not, then you just keep doing what you're doing to get a win. No, I. I but I'll say this though. I, I know where you're going here. I don't think he can continue to get 20 to 25 touches a game. No, 
and that's not the plan right now. It's the plan is to split it because they do, both do something a little bit different. We've seen Chase Edmonds take the ball up the middle with with uh, you know holes behind Rodney Hudson. Obviously, Hudson wasn't here. He had three touchdowns for 20 yards um, going back to the Giants or Jets game. So, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I think him coming back is going to take some of the load off of James Conner. And we saw this offense, and you alluded to it earlier, how well this offense worked through those first eight games with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. It's not one running back and a backup running back. You hear 1A, 1B. That's what this offense that's what they found that they had in James Conner. goes back to training camp because he can run the football, he can catch the football. Chase Edmonds can run the football, catch the football. Now all of a sudden defenses don't know what to expect depending on what running back is in the backfield. And, and both really um, above average in pass protection. Now they haven't added a lot to do it because, you know, sometimes they're, they're, they're in the backfield and then we notice sometimes they'll leave a guy on the sidelines for Kyler that can check down. But – uh, they're different backs, uh, you know. One one's obviously a bruiser, and the other one can you know run between the tackles, get outside. Um, but but uh, I think you know when they were winning and they had that, we Kyler Murray wasn't touching the ball, running the ball like he was the last couple of weeks. You know, because of the weather, and then last week, you know, they they basically um, threw the ball down the field, but they couldn't really get in the rhythm and sync to where they were getting you know all these splash plays. So. Yeah, I just like the one-two punch, but I, I totally agree what you're saying. He cannot continue to get these reps, and as you pointed out, it's a long season. He hasn't played a full season. Uh, was it back in 2018 when he made the Pro Bowl? When he made the Pro Bowl is the most action yeah. or most games, games played. he's played yeah, okay. during the course of yeah. a season. So, again, hopefully this is the week. If not, then, again, We'll see James Conner, but I do think if he's healthy, talking about Chase Edmonds, then you go back to what you were doing and had so much success with. I, again, I don't. But we'll have to wait and see how he practices. But I am, I am optimistic that he will be out there. I know he's chomping at the bit, but the, the doctors have to say, hold off another week. Again, this guy's in a contract year. They would like to extend him. You know, we'll see. Uh, what happens in the off season? Obviously, you know, teams gonna have that idea who they want to bring back. But he's chomping at the bit, so I'm I'm very optimistic that he will play on Sunday. Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. The other aspect of this conversation, and you've brought him up, <laughs> Kyler Murray, and we kind of have the same opinion, but we come with different ways to attack the opinion, and that is Kyler Murray running the football. Kyler Murray over the past two games, 120 rushing yards. And that's because of weather in Chicago he needed to run to help the offense. Against the Rams, he needed to run because nothing else was working against that defense. True. During the first eight games, Kyler Murray had a total of 147 rushing yards. So only 22, excuse me, yeah, 27 more rushing yards in eight games as opposed to 120 in two games. The difference in those first eight games, he was running because his first, second, third, fourth, fifth option wasn't available or he caught the defense off guard. His legs were a luxury. These past two games, his legs have not been a luxury. It's been out of necessity, and I want to see that change. Kyler Murray cannot run out of necessity for this offense to be successful. That's what happened a year ago, and why the offense bogged down at the tail end of 2020. Yeah, and, and the reason why he wasn't running, because you had a healthy Chase Edmonds and a healthy James Conner. 
But you know how I feel. I mean, he's so dynamic in the open field. But to me, he's your third option. And again, Jonathan Ward really doesn't touch the ball, even though he's capable of doing it. And maybe you get in the fourth quarter this this week, and you pound a guy like Jonathan Ward. Preserve Connor. Preserve Edmonds for the following week. It's another short week against the Colts. So, but that's when they, that that that's because they had that one-two punch, and then Eno got some opportunities there. So, if they get back to that formula, Collar doesn't have to run, but he would be a luxury. Because when when a play breaks down, you said he's going through his options, and then all of a sudden he's got to you know improvise. But when he takes off and runs, and he really hasn't taken those big hits, and I and I know the last couple of years that's been the issue with the hamstring and the shoulder. He protects himself. He runs out of bounds more. Um, but to me, it's just it's it's a luxury. But he's so dynamic where I don't want to put the handcuffs on the guy. Dynamic is the word Kingsbury used earlier on Wednesday. He was asked about Murray running more, especially these past two games. Quote, I'm all for it. That's his game. I think that's when he's most effective, end quote. And I do believe Kingsbury believes that. But as far as a game plan, if you do have a Chase Edmonds and a James Conner, then you don't need a Kyler Murray. He becomes that wild card, if you will, that defenses have to worry about. But when you lose a Chase Edmonds and James Conner is your only guy and things aren't successful in Chicago or against the Rams, then all of a sudden it's, okay, well, in case of an emergency, break glass, here comes Kyler Murray because we know he can do it. And I'm fine with that. I just don't want it to become a regular occurrence. And for two games now it has. Weather more in Chicago, but we cannot have another Rams offensive performance someone else has to come in and step up whether that is with or without DeAndre Hopkins because we cannot see here over these final four games Kyler Murray put the offense on his shoulders now by now as a quarterback that that's kind of what he's doing but he needs to get rid of the football either throwing it or handing the ball and off. and I think that's the plan you know but he was getting pressured he couldn't sit in the pocket and that and he rolled out and he was scrambling and he you know he had that 18 yard run and I know somewhere negated based on penalties but yeah I think we're going to see the recipe with the one two punch and then if he needs to if if they want to you know um, move him out of the pocket he's going to take off and so I don't I don't I don't was a seven Carries last game, seven, correct. Seventeen total now in the last two two games. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to see those numbers like that. I think it's more three to five max. And you brought up how many times Murray was pressured. ESPN stats and info: Murray pressured on nineteen plays, a career high nineteen plays in which he was eight of twelve for one hundred and forty one yards and four sacks when pressured. So not so much running, but scrambling. And scrambling for his life. So that's, again, credit to that Rams front, but look at that Cardinals offensive line and say, you did not do your job. One of the worst performances of the old line all season, if not the worst performance, forcing Kyler Murray to do something that I don't think he really likes to do. He is a pocket passer, very comfortable throwing from the pocket, very successful throwing from the pocket. Can also throw when he scrambles. But he was scrambling way too much on Monday. Well, I mean, let's be honest, the defense didn't play well either. Secondary, probably the worst game of the year. And then the front seven, they just couldn't get pressure. I mean, Aaron Donald had 14 or 15 pressures in that game. Yeah, four more or five more than the entire Cardinals team. Exactly. Yeah, so, and and Matthew Stafford, I don't think he's, his, I don't think his uniform got dirty and they were playing on real grass. It looked like that he, he was, he, they almost had him in a bubble and he was making all the throws. So, yeah, like I said, 
I do think Kyle likes to run when he has to from a standpoint of, I always say it, he reminds me of Devin Hester in the open field, and he makes grown men look silly. I mean, so I don't want to take that away from him, but if, when you got the one-two punch and and then sitting in the pocket, if they can protect him, that's that's where he excels. And it's coming from the sideline as far as how many called runs, how many design runs, and if it's Kyler's decision, that's one thing. And I don't know, again, it's hard watching the game. Some plays are easier to dissect than others, but – how much is it Kyler seeing something? How much is it, well, it's the play says quarterback draw or, you know what, you're running on this play. I don't know where that split happens because you can make a design run look like it's the quarterback's decision and vice versa. So we do know, and we've heard Kyler Murray talk about it repeatedly. He doesn't want to run. He wants to throw the football. But he can run and will run if necessary. But these past two games, too many times it's been when necessary. And yeah. that – those two words, when necessary, I don't like. I understand. But that's why he's one of the most dynamic players. It's in, what sets him apart from everyone else. He's a dual threat. I mean, yes, Lamar Jackson got hurt. Um, you know, Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, they don't run like Kyler Murray, but they run to get out of traffic, and they can run to get a first down. Now, Mahomes will slide, um, but that's who he is. That's what makes him so dynamic where he's just not a pocket passer like, you know, Ryan Tannehill or Tom Brady. He, that's one. That's why he is who he is. So I, I don't want to put the handcuffs. As I said I don't want to be redundant here. But again, I don't see him getting 17 carries in the next two games like he had 10 and seven. That will go to the running backs. Yeah, let's hope that's the case. By the way, this notes on Kyler going into this game against the Detroit Lions: 218 passing yards and one touchdown pass away from a third straight season with 3,000 or more passing yards and 20 or more touchdown passes. So some individual marks, milestones, records, if you will, for Kyler Murray coming up this week against the Lions. It is week 15, but you look at this Lions defense, and you touched on it earlier, it is a defense that you can run on. They are 28th against the run, 17th against the pass, but they have one <laughs> On their unofficial depth chart, they have one cornerback listed. It is Amani Oruwaria, who has five interceptions this season. And the reason why they have just one cornerback on their unofficial depth chart is because they have three on the reserve COVID-19 list, another one on the practice squad reserve COVID-19 list, plus three on injury reserve, including the former number three overall draft pick in 2020, Jeff Okuda. So it is a banged-up secondary when you're talking about the Lions' defense to where the numbers don't look good. Do you run against them? Do you throw against them? I'm doing both. <laughs> I'm just going to say, you could very well do both, and teams have done both on well, the Lions all year. I mean, we heard all week, you know, the Rams beat Jacksonville, and people will look at the record, and they got, that was what their get-back game. This is a get-back game for the Arizona Cardinals. They, they should be able to score points here. I'm not – listen, that team plays hard. They probably should have more wins at this point in the year throughout the records, but they just don't have the talent. You, they may be able to play like the, the, the Texans did maybe for the first quarter and a half, but as the game goes on, the, the team with more talent – but it's all about execution. The best team doesn't always win on Sunday, or the most talented team is the team that plays the best on that day. Um, but this is a get-back game for the Arizona Cardinals, just like it was for the Rams with the Jaguars. And there's no debate. The Cardinals are a more talented team 
on paper and on the football field. But Correct. to your point, the key word is execution and also a little bit mindset. What is the mindset going into this game? Because the Cardinals won. They need a win. The playoff scenario remains the same. Win and you're in. You clinch a playoff spot. You can also back in your way, but those are other scenarios. Cardinals would much rather win and punch their own ticket. Just win. And then you look at the Lions record, 1-11-1. On paper, you look and say, well, that's an easy win. Well, we've heard from players, we've heard from coaches already this week that this Lions team will play hard. They'll play the entire 60 minutes. They'll play to the whistle. They play for their head coach. Despite the record, there is much respect for Dan Campbell and the entire coaching staff. So if you don't come ready, and that would be the worry, if you don't come ready, you don't bring it, you're not prepared, and you're looking ahead to Christmas Day against the Indianapolis Colts, the Cardinals will lose. Yeah, I don't. again, I, I don't see that. They lost that game. They were embarrassed on national TV um, twice now. But, and also, people have to know, though, yes, they've lost three consecutive home games. We look at the Panthers game, and that was just a dud. They had a great game plan. But they they're, they lost to the Packers and Rams. These are playoff teams. They're playoff teams. So, um, and, I, I, and I said it you know, in the last couple of days, I, I think it would have been difficult to go 6-0 and in the division. Now, they should be able to sweep the Seahawks. They swept the 49ers, and they split with the Rams. I'll, I mean, if you would have told me during this I would last year we two and zero and then two and four. Yeah, we would go three and three. Make sure you take care of business at home and on the road. But five and one, and the reason why I'm not worried about a hiccup or overlooking for this uh, Christmas game, this team plays well better on the road. <laughs> That's why I, I'm I don't have any concerns. But when you hear coaches say, and we can probably go back uh, to the Texans week. When they say teams play hard and and they they play you know four quarters, that means they're not as talented as another team. But again, it's the team that plays the best on that day is going to win the football game. Well, all I have to do is point if I'm if I'm Cliff Kingsbury or any of those coaches, I'm turning on the Texans film and going, here's the first 15 minutes we played Thank at you. home against the Texans. The first 15 minutes, and then you go into the second quarter, you're trailing 5 nothing. Now, at no point in that game was anyone concerned because at the end, talent wins out. And what was happening early in that game? They were hitting Kyler Murray. He was getting hit. Uh, Malik Collins. Nobody really talked about but he was getting hit. And then luckily, you know, Davis Mills, and that was the game that J.J. Watt obviously injured his shoulder. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have no – I'm not paranoid. This team going on the road and taking care of business. Uh, I said last week they know what's at stake. I'm disappointed but not discouraged. I mean, because they had an opportunity to clinch, and then if they beat the Rams and they win against the Lions, they would have won the division. Okay, it didn't happen, but I am – I was disappointed. It was a sting driving home that night like, oh. They missed an opportunity, but we know the Rams came in with – they were desperate. Uh, they treated it like a playoff game, and the Cardinals should treat this week like a playoff game. They should. I don't care what their record is. And it's not about us, according to Buda Baker. If we do things right nine times out of ten, we win. End quote. Yeah, you focus, you game plan for the Lions, but clean up what didn't go right on Monday Night Football – and it doesn't matter what the Lions do because you are better. In the words of J.J. Watt, maybe we're just better. No, not maybe. You are. Yeah, and I asked Buddha, and usually the 24-hour rule, but this is the first time we got a chance to talk to him, and obviously after he had his daughter, 
and he was he's a, he's a true pro. He could have said we're moving on because it's one week at a time. But he he said that I said what you guys can take from that. And I was told that they watched film and they know that there was a lot of mistakes out there, a lot of mental errors. Guys were kind of freelancing a little bit. Um, guys weren't taking the same angles on some of the tackles, and I think it showed. So, um, but I I have zero worries going to Detroit. Not against the record about this team and how they focus and play on the road. Well, just looking, again, we kind of touched on a little bit, but with Detroit, defensively, 29th overall, 28th against the run, 17th against the pass. They're only 29th as far as scoring defense. They're allowing more than 27 points per game. They're 29th on third down, 31st on fourth down, 31st in the red zone. I mean, you're talking about not just the bottom third in the league, but the bottom five as far as defense is concerned. That's all statistics on paper, and it looks great for the Cardinals going into the matchup, but they do have guys that will make plays. Charles Harris, their outside linebacker, six sacks, 13 quarterback hits. Josh Woods last week, a career-high 13 tackles, 10 of them solo. Will Harris, their safety, who sometimes plays in the slot, a career-high eight tackles last week. Now, they've been forced to make a lot of plays because – the offenses are good that they're facing, and they haven't been able to stop. They're on the field for a number of plays, so there's a number of opportunities to build up these stats. But you look, and there's not a lot of household names as far as defensive players outside of defensive end Michael Brockers, and I'm not exactly sure he's real thrilled to be in Detroit after being traded away from the Lions. Yeah, and, and after he ripped Jared Goff. Yes. <laughs> By the way, just as an aside, I cut and paste that quote because I figured we'd get that at some point. And lo and behold, well, they're now on the same team. <laughs> well, what happened was they, 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 they made the trade for Stafford, and everyone was thrilled, including Sean McVay. And Brocker said he's a – I don't know what I'm paraphrasing. Was it a huge upgrade or um, – but then he gets – he's part of the trade there. So now he's his teammate. It's unfortunate. Things and we, happen. And we'll, we'll get into the office tomorrow. But Kingsbury did point out this team hasn't beaten Jarek Goff in a long time. Yeah, it was interesting that sometimes <laughs> Kingsbury on his own yes. will bring things up, and you're like, okay, well, that's opening the door up to something that – why would you open up that door? I.e., James Conner, maybe we played him too many snaps. That was Cliff Kingsbury. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But he admitted that he might have played James Conner too much, and then he brings up the fact that he is 3-0. and Didn't say 3-0. and I had to go up and look. But Kingsbury is 0-3. Let me say that. 0-3 against Jared Goff. Well, you, you just remember the bootlegs. I mean, they they were in their heyday when they had Todd Gurley there. But the bootlegs and the waggle plays, and he was very efficient against us. Now, again, he doesn't have the same uh, coordinator, doesn't have the same talent, but the fact that Jared Goff has the Cardinals number, or at least he did, I think that will change on Sunday. It better change on <laughs> Sunday. 11 a.m. is the kickoff, 6 30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. A reminder again, Bird Gang, Pro Bowl voting underway now through Thursday, December 16th. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. The game is Sunday, February 6th in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. By the way, a uh, uh, shout-out to Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Raiders because all of a sudden now the Super Bowl rotation, nice Emphasis on the West Coast. SoFi Stadium this year, State Farm Stadium the following year, and then 2025 Allegiant Stadium. Like the Bermuda Triangle, but it's the West Coast version. Exactly. 
like that, though. Yeah. Warm weather, don't have to worry about snow or anything like that no. in the first or second week of February. So, yeah, you go Los Angeles, Phoenix, Maricopa County, and then Las Vegas. And usually um, when you build a new stadium, you're going to be on the list. And But the Cardinals, uh, the owners love coming to, to, to Arizona. They say Some say at the Biltmore – they love being out here. Owners meetings usually happen every two years in in, uh, in March before free agency starts. So uh, I'm sure, you know, New Orleans wants to get back on the list. I'm they sure. are. They are going to be in 2026. They were scheduled to go in 2025, but because of the how the schedule is now with 17 games, okay. 18 weeks, it's pushing into February, which I think in 2024 would interfere with Mardi Gras. And right. Super Bowl is big, but Mardi Gras for that area is huge. And the NFL loves to go to New Orleans. It's Bourbon yes. Street. It's a party. I mean, you can you can find yourself going out every single night, you know, obviously going down to Bourbon Street. And I got to think Florida's going to get another one. Now, Tampa just had one. Miami's done a much – their upgrades have been fascinating. Jacksonville, they had it. I was there. It wasn't good. They brought in cr- cruise ships because they didn't have enough hotel rooms. I mean, their claim to fame when there was Leonard Skinner. That was. I think you should only go to one state, or one venue in a state. Now, Denver. So Florida has to pick. You can't go twice. No, to Florida. You have to pick. Okay, but it's never going back to Jacksonville, in my opinion. But Denver and Chicago want to host a Super Bowl, and we we dealt with that with the New York game. I mean these these are these are great. Uh, franchises. I mean, they're historical franchises in the NFL. The great fan bases with the Broncos. You know, I'm sure somebody else would like Indianapolis. Can they hold, host it? Yeah, they've hosted big events, Final Fours. They've hosted, you know, um, obviously, you know, when it comes to, but that would be cold weather. But everything's indoors there. You, we've been there for yep. the combine. You can just go the, in these crosswalks, and you don't have to go outside at all. Um, so, but I, I do think we're probably going to see a cold weather city at some point, but it's not going to happen at least in the next three years. Sorry, Bergang got off a little tangent there with respects to the Super Bowl rotation, but we forget that after this season, 2021, the 2022 season, so 2023 in February, State Farm Stadium hosts the Super Bowl. Well, and, I mean, it's literally right around the corner. Yeah, and usually the NBA gets cute with their schedule because they know a lot of you know players will go to the games. you got the, uh, the waste management open leading up to that. And, you know, the weather's a little bit cooler in February. You usually get a little bit of rain around spring training. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, the Super Bowl host committee, they do a great job. And, and I'm telling you, the owners and, uh, you know, they like coming to Arizona just because it's – obviously it's not a big city, so to speak. You don't have to worry about – you make dinner reservations, you go out and have a good time. Everything's within 40 to 50 minutes. You, you're staying in Scottsdale, you can get to the stadium. And and that really benefits also the Fiesta Bowl when they get these teams coming out here. Hopefully – Arizona, the entire state, on a nice five- to seven-year rotation. I think that would be good for everyone involved. Keep some cold-weather climate cities happy, but you're always going back to either Florida or the West Coast now with Vegas, SoFi Stadium, and Arizona. Yeah, and, and normally when you build a new stadium, um, you eventually you're going to have to play an overseas game. That's part of it, too. Host the Super Bowl. Yes. When you're – yeah, you, yes. you, you give up – quote-unquote, one of those home games. But yeah. now I think they're going to set it up that 
when the year that or the season that you have nine home games yep. and eight road games, that that ninth game you're playing overseas, whether that's in London, Mexico City, or perhaps soon in Germany. Yeah, and, and that's the beauty of that, where you still get your eight home games, eight road games, and then obviously a, a, an international game. See, we can do this here. MJ on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We can look ahead. We can look years ahead. The Arizona Cardinals players and coaches, they're looking at tomorrow, the next day, and then Sunday against the Detroit Lions where they should clinch a playoff spot. I'm I'm confident. Now, if they don't win the turnover battle and they give up a pick six or a special teams touchdown – then anything is off the table. But I'm confident this team plays well after losses. They 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 know what's at stake. And I said that last week, and it was disappointing, but I'm not discouraged. We'll dive more into the Week 15 matchup, Cardinals and Lions, on Thursday when we have a chance to hear from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph and look more at Jared Goff and company with respects to the Detroit Lions. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.